Hello and welcome to Books and Stuff I Like, where I will be discussing books and stuff I like. Today we're going to be reviewing a curry that I, I recently tried. We're going to talk about renditions of the American male in literature that's about uh, 70 years apart. And um, we're going to talk about the book I'm reading now where I'm 20 years late to the party. So let's get going, shall we? First, in the week in review, um, I live in a little, well, it's not too small, but it's it's a crappy little town. Um, I've lived in, in very, very small, crappy little towns. I've lived in um, slightly larger crappy little towns, so now I'm in a medium-sized crappy little town. There are, though, a few restaurants that I can only assume are okay, um, because I'm not really going anywhere else. One jewel that we have in, in my current crappy little town, there's a Thai place. Now, I've never been to Thailand, I don't know anything about it. Um, it seems good. I don't have anything to compare it to. I, I enjoy going there. I, I enjoy the food. I cannot vouch for its authenticity, but when I'm there, I, I try to have something different every time I'm there. Um, why not? Uh, if you get stuck on the same thing, you're, you're just not, you're not improving anything at all. So the last time I was there, I noticed on the menu, what I was looking for was something with pineapple in it. They do a duck curry with pineapple. That's just, I, I love it. I, I love duck. I wish duck was was more prominent than it is. Um, I, I don't think I'd like to have duck every day, but but I, I do enjoy when I get to have a little bit of duck. Um, but the, the big thing I like about this duck curry, it's so bad for you. And I try to steer away from it. So I, I was looking on the menu if they had anything else with the pineapple. I think the, the pineapple and the spiciness lends itself well together. And they they did have a dish. It was called Masamen Curry. And I'm, I know I'm butchering the pronunciation. I'm sorry. M-A-S-S-A-M-A-N. Um, the internet has it spelled a few different ways because I did look it up because I thought the menu was lying to me. This dish, it had a curry with, with cinnamon, coriander, almost like something that you would see, not something that I would associate with Thailand. I don't know what I would associate with Thailand, but it had this, this nice warm sounding curry sauce with peanuts, potatoes, and pineapple. And that just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I, I, I like to decide what I'm eating half a day before I, I eat it. That's just, that's kind of something I do with restaurants, even crappy little hole-in-the-wall Thai places. This curry, it was so good. The dish was so good. I got it with chicken. It was nice. It was warm. It could have been a, a hint spicier, but it wasn't supposed to be spicy. I guess the, the cinnamon could have been more more pronounced. Um, the potatoes, you know, this is, this is in the middle of winter. The, the peanuts, I don't know why they were there, but that, that pineapple, there were so many different sweet and savory flavors, so many different textures. I, and I, I, I looked it up online before to, to make sure it really was a thing. And it is, 
and I'm so glad I found it. I'm so glad I tried it. Definitely worth a try. Um, if you're if you're around, if if you're close to a place like this, or if you have the the opportunity to try something like this, or maybe you have tried it, um, and maybe this was all wrong, and and you know something better, just I can't get over that. Um, I don't know if I'll have it again in a hurry, but I'm so glad I had it that first time. So that was the week in review. Now to move on to our main piece of literature for the day. Today I'm going to be discussing Babbitt by Sinclair Lewis. It's one of my all-time favorite books. I think I would have to put it for for just literary purposes. It would be in my top 10. Now, I haven't read anything else by Sinclair Lewis. I've tried. I know he won the Nobel like 100 years ago. Um, maybe closer to 90. It's, his stuff is so dense and dry and long. This book isn't. I think everybody should read Sinclair Lewis. I should probably read more Sinclair Lewis than I'm reading. Um... And hopefully I, I find the right time and I'm in the right mindset at some point in my life to to read more of his books. But Babbitt, I've read a couple times. And it's just so good. And I've been thinking about it recently because it's resonating so much with with right now. It's There was a meme going out um, when 19 changed to 20 about things we're bringing back in the 20s. And there's there's so many, in, in my head, similarities between the 2020s and the 1920s. This, this kind of fake, can-do, everything's great, let's just ig- ignore everything that isn't great attitude. But that's only in one part of society. And I think maybe it's a, it's a smaller fraction of society now than it was in the 1920s. But just this, this, you, you know, let's, let's pull off the veneer to see the shit underneath type of, of attitude. And, and Babbitt catches that so well, because it's, in a way, it's such subtle satire, but in other ways, it's, it's not subtle at all. Um, it, Think King of the Hill, if you're not following what I'm saying at all. This book follows George Babbitt. He is a middle-aged father of two living in the suburbs of a mid-sized American city. Think of, um, he makes up the city. There's a lot of speculation that it's Cincinnati. So so think of a Cincinnati, but, but think of the 1920s before you know, the, the Rust Belt happened and before manufacturing went to hell. So it's a booming city. And there's so there's so much hometown pride and boosterism and can-do attitude, but it's all fake. And Babbitt is this quintessential middle-aged father of two businessman who is so, is so deep in all of this, he doesn't see how fake all of it is. And it's just done so well. And I think there's so many parallels to that and what we're seeing right now. 
it's been popping in my mind just just an awful lot in these last few weeks. Um, because I, I would think if there was a quintessential 1920s book, this would have to be it in my head. I mean, you can have all your Hemingways and Fitzgeralds and all of that, but this captures a different feeling. Um, now, th this book has been criticized. Nothing really happens. The first, I don't know, three chapters, 50 pages, just follows a day in this guy's life. And the entire book just follows a couple years of this guy's life. Um, his character arc isn't spectacular. Um, there's no climax to the story or anything like that, which really bugged the critics during the time. But now I think readers, especially more literary readers, would be would be used to and expecting something like that. Um, not in every book, because we, we do like things to happen. We do like action. We do like we, we do like the build and the, the letdown and everything like that. Um, this isn't that book, but it just it offers such a pure glimpse in the life of of somebody who who doesn't even seem to know that he's living, and and I think that is something that. Uh, reader today, a uh, hundred years later, might really appreciate. So again, that's that's Babbitt by Sinclair Lewis. Highly recommended, if for no other reason, to get a glimpse in the past and maybe a little glimpse in our present. Staying with the idea of a American male protagonist who's kind of ignorant and just trying to get by with with what he knows. The the next book to discuss is Nobody's Fool by Richard Rousseau. This isn't a great book. Um nobody's going to remember this book 50 years from now and nobody really is going to have any reason to. People might remember Richard Rousseau um He's certainly not literary. I, I think he he's right on that on the edge of being something literary. He's not quite literary. He's not quite writing for the popular masses. I, for, for a lot of this, I can't tell who he, he's writing for. Um, he's known for, at least early in his career, he's still writing. I think he just published either a novella or a book of short stories, something of the sort. Um, but early in his career, he was known, and this would have been in the 80s and 90s, he was known for capturing small-town America. And I am from small-town America, and that kind of, it, it, it interests me on the one hand that somebody's going to capture this. But what is there to, to capture? What's the small-town American experience? Because it's going to be different for everybody, and different no matter where you are, his stories around this time, his stories, novels, um, whatever it is, tend to focus in upstate New York, which, I mean, th there's no area of the country that's really like any other area. Upstate New York, 
it just seems different. I don't know the, the the way he's capturing his his small town community is different than how I felt the small town community where I grew up. Um, and this book, nothing happens. It follows the main character um, solely as he navigates his life. He's about retirement age, but he's a kind of, you know, a good for nothing, um, divorced, carrying on an affair with a married woman, boarding a room with his old junior high teacher, or maybe elementary school, um, works odd construction jobs where he's paid off the table, and just, I mean, for all intents and purposes, just kind of a, a wasted man and a wasted life. But he has this sense of community, which I think Rousseau is, is really purposely trying to do in this small town. And the way he navigates with the other characters, there's something very, very authentic about it, very pure. It's, it's very good writing. We get a feel for all of these characters. The dialogue isn't necessarily believable. Everybody's very witty, way too witty, but it's good. It's snappy. It's, um, you really feel like it's there. It's written very much like a movie and it did become a, um, very well received movie with, um, Paul Newman. I, 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 yeah, I've, I've seen the movie. It's good. It's a very watchable movie. It's a very readable book. I don't know if it's a memorable book. Um, I think why I'm thinking about it now is with with Babbitt, just this um, idea of Babbitt in the 1920s of so much so much promise and manufacturing of of these these mid-sized American cities and how much promise there was because. Granted, Sinclair Lewis was poking fun at this, but but he didn't know what was going to happen in the next 10 years, in the next 20, and then certainly not in the next 50, 70, 100 years. Um, in a way, Nobody's Fool by Richard Rousseau is kind of an answer to that, um, where manufacturing is done, and why while the mid-sized American city is still dying in the 90s. The small town, in a lot of ways, is, is already dead. Um, the two kind of fit together, at least to discuss. I would recommend both. Nobody's Fool, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't move that to the top of anybody's rating list. It does get kind of long at times, too. Um, but if you're looking for a lighter read, maybe to take a break, or you have a few um, extended time periods to fill a few weekends or traveling or whatnot, I would recommend looking into the book. Um, I think few writers, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, can capture that, that small town feel of America quite like Richard Rousseau can. He follows this book up with Everybody's Fool um, a couple decades later the sequel uh he's known also for empire falls i have read that one which different characters different story entirely but still in that that small town um 
I don't think any of them are as good as Nobody's Fool, but certainly something to look into if that seems like it would be your cup of tea. And now for the part of the show where I discuss what I am reading now. And as always, I am late to the party. I am finally getting around to White Teeth by Zadie Smith. Last week, I finished the first section of the Penguin History of the World. And I jumped to White Teeth by Zadie Smith. It has been on my to-read shelf for about eight months now. I've known about it for years. I heard Zadie Smith uh, do a talk. Golly, must be eight years ago now. Um, or so. So I, I've, I've certainly known of her. I've known of her work. I'm so happy that I'm finally reading this. And you know what? I'm glad I hadn't read it before. If I would have read this in my early 20s, mid-20s, teens, I don't know how I even would have heard of it in my teens, I would have found all kinds of things to nitpick about it just so I would sound smart if to nobody else than to myself. Um, it's very contemporary. It's it's. I can see why... Everyone's reading her in college, at least during the time I was in college. I'm 200 or so pages in, just about halfway through. Um, and the beginning is formulaic. You can point to any sentence and say, this sentence is either doing character development, developing the storyline. Um, you know, here we're going to focus on this character's past, then we're going to jump to this character's past past like if, if you told a robot to write a story that's kind of how the beginning reads it's very good it's it's done very well there's there's nothing wrong with with doing that it reads like a first novel because it's a first novel i don't think there's a problem with with doing that formulaic approach as long as it's done well now in my early mid-20s i would have would have had a big issue with that because I, I, I get on my high horse about authenticity. Um, now that I'm approaching the, the midsection of the book, she's getting away from that. And it's getting very good because it's starting, there's parts that are weird and more pure and just where the, the genius of the writing is really coming out. What I wonder is why then she didn't do more revisions in the the first part to make it more cohesive. But again, it's a first novel. I'm really interested in reading some of her other work. I can't say it's going to be high up on any of my reading lists anytime soon. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm reading this now. The other thing, it's funny. And I rarely laugh out loud from a book rarely. And this has had me cracking up a couple times. And it's not, it's not written as a, as a humor book. I mean, everybody's calling it humorous, but it, it, it's not, it's not supposed to be all the time funny. The, the, the humor in it kind of sneaks up on you. It's truly, I, I would highly recommend it to anybody. If, if I'm liking, if, if I'm enjoying this book, because it's, it's not up my alley, it, 
if I find this book enjoyable, I can guarantee it's object, objectively enjoyable. So I, I know everyone in the world has read this book already, but if you haven't yet, please do. It is a fantastic piece of literature. Well, that's it for books and stuff I like today, where I discuss books and stuff I like. I have no idea what we're talking about next week. If anybody has any ideas, would like to remark on anything I talked about today or any suggestions for the future, please reach out. You can find me easily enough with the tag Basil Podcast. Thank you. <laughs>